And hi there. Hello. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm Harrison. That's Chris. This is Nigh Unwatchable, the show where we watch bad shit that you so that you don't have to. I almost got it that time. Yeah, that was real Um, nice. That way it was spoke there. It was goodly. Thank you. Uh, It was closer. Uh, dear listener, I, it's, 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 I've, I've been a bad boy, a bad Ooh. recording boy in that I have not recorded in several weeks. So to give you a little delight in your life as, as I have in mine, I'm going to share some little, uh, uh, some little messages with you. Okay. Compliments of Dove Chocolates. Dove, Chris, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Fuck off. Dove chocolate. <laughs> You're listening to what you shouldn't see. This is now unwatchable. Dove Chocolates has little little messages, kind of you know, kind of like a fortune cookie, I guess, and yeah. that like they're all they're all different, but uh, you know, just just a little something with that sugary kick to get you through the day. Chris, quote, book the flight. Just book the flight, Chris. I actually hate how relevant that is to me. There's a flight I've been putting off booking for like a couple weeks because I don't want to <laughs> look at the money. And I really just need to book the flight. Fuck you for picking oh, the fortune cookie Dove chocolate that I needed to I, hear. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't. Life did. Dove picked it. Or no, more specifically, Bree M. Michigan picked it. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Ms. Michigan. Um, for that lovely quote, book the flight, Chris. Yeah, I do a lot of things these, uh, or don't do a lot of things these days just because I don't want to check the, the, the money situation. Um, don't stop until you're proud, Chris. Don't stop until you're proud. That's compliment of Lauren in Colorado. So the second person with this, with a stick, wait. No, I'm sorry. Okay, wait. No, it's I was wrong. This is this is Bree M from Michigan and Lauren N from Colorado. Uh, there's a <clears throat> there's a comma there that I wasn't it's a period and then a comma. So we're not talking about a bunch of people whose last names are all states. No, but I wish I can't I mean these can't be real people, right? They like, could I, be. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's why these. they're doing the last name thing. They, like, submitted a survey 10 years ago, and these are all their <laughs> respondents. <laughs> and that, that could be the case, because the final one for today is don't stop until you're proud. Again? Laura, Laura yep. Two, two <laughs> okay, of those? Let's, let's try. Let's try. <laughs> I'm eating chocolate as fast as I fucking can, man, all right? I... All right, um, and the uh, the fourth the fourth, <laughs> the fourth one is also don't stop until you're proud. So just really don't stop until you're proud. Don't stop until you're proud. Don't stop until you're proud. And book the damn flight. Amen. Chris. Hit it. <laughs> Hit that intro. Oh. And <clears throat> we're back. 
little little music interlude. Love the music. We're back in more ways than one. We, I would say, because we watched 2001's From Hell. Chris, what did you know about this movie going into it? I know, I knew about mm-hmm. this movie, and I'm pulling yes. up the Wikipedia summary real quick so I can give our audience the briefest of summaries Y'all. in addition to what I knew. But what I knew was that this is a movie about Jack the Ripper based on, mm-hmm. uh, well, I assumed, because Harrison just told me to watch it, but I assumed the movie, based on the title, is from the Alan Moore graphic novel of the same name, which it is. Correct. But that doesn't mean a Loosely. lot because he, you know, it's not like Alan Moore gets to sign off on who gets to make movies of his graphic novels. That would be his publisher. So I'm sure he hated this since he tends to hate all of the <laughs> all of the uh, adaptations of his work. And uh, also uh-huh. this one is bad. So I'm sure yeah. he hates it. <laughs> this one, this one is probably the most uh, deserving of his hate, I think, just because this one is the the widest off the mark, I think, uh, by a lot. By yeah. a lot. For those of you who don't know about this at all, From Hell is a 2001 period detective horror film directed by the Hughes brothers. That's right. People were doing the brothers shit all the way back mm-hmm. in 2001. And written by Terry Hayes and Rafael Iglesias. It is loosely based on the loosely based keyword on the graphic novel loosely. of the yep. same name by Alan Moore. And Eddie Campbell about Jack the Ripper. Uh, the film stars Johnny Depp as Frederick Aberlein, a lead investigator mm-hmm. of the murders who also happens to be psychic? Question marks I have about whether or not mm-hmm. that's in the graphic novel. And Heather mm-hmm. Graham as Mary Kelly, a prostitute targeted by the Ripper. Other cast members include Ian Holm, Robbie Coltrane, Ian, Mc- Ian Richardson, and Jason Fleming, it is very exciting that Hagrid is Johnny Depp's number two in this whole movie. I was thinking about that most of the movie because that's yeah. how boring this movie is. Um, mm-hmm. It grossed over $74 million worldwide, received mixed reviews, oh, wow. which I am excited to talk about because Ebert gave this movie a surprisingly high three out of four for what is definitely one of the most empty films i've ever seen it was weird to watch someone like clearly i think what that says and we'll get into this later in the episode but i think ebert loves jack the ripper i think ebert just is fascinated by that piece of that time in history this story in history and any piece of content that came out about jack the ripper like barring the the absolute just nonsense was going to get a a pretty good review from him because he wrote this review like someone who was a fan of of this story i don't know it seemed like i don't know i'm excited to read his review because i i just wholeheartedly disagree with it on many counts too because i don't i don't really understand how you could uh enjoy it yeah you know because either you're familiar with the source material in which case it is an abomination (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you're not, and I'm assuming your review is generally just that it was, like, boring and... Oh, yeah. I have actually, I have yeah. an in-depth kind of approach to this, um, but it's okay. quick if you want me to go over it real fast. Because I guess you have more to say on this one, since you are familiar with the source material. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I'm inter- I'm interested in how it lands for someone that has no idea like what it's drawing on, what it's supposed to be doing. For being yeah, for having no idea what the like actual source stuff is, it's it's weird initially when you start mm-hmm. watching this movie because very quickly, like almost immediately, we are dealing with the fact that Johnny Depp is a psychic detective in the late Correct. 1800s, which uh-huh. as someone who is unfamiliar with the graphic novel, but as a person alive, especially in an English speaking country, I am familiar with the story of Jack the Ripper as a real historical event and a real historical mystery that was never solved. Yeah. Yep. And when you throw in psychic detective right away to a real mm-hmm. life series of murders, often called like the first ever like serial killings, it's mm-hmm. a little, it's a little insane. Like it's hard immediately that like cuts you back where I'm like, what the shit is going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like trying not to laugh too hard because even though it didn't exist when this movie came out, it immediately made me think of Psych, the hit sitcom <laughs> drama series about a psychic detective so <laughs> right so i was like well this is like super super dumb but then it just keeps going and it's mm-hmm. this movie that has these weird interesting points we are talking about one of the most interesting stories in all of history it's also mm-hmm. a mystery that was never solved you have like a lot mm-hmm. of like narrative uh oomph i guess for lack of a better word right now that you can work with yeah. there yeah. It is a serial killer story. It's a true yeah. crime story. You've decided yeah. to make one of the characters psychic and like half of the cast are prostitutes. So there's even a sex element to it. Like it's sexy, mm-hmm. there's magic, there's true crime, there's mystery. It is it has all the parts that should easily make an enjoyable movie. Like it shouldn't oh, be yeah. that hard. And what just consistently shocked me, not even shocked me because I didn't have enough emotions to be shocked, but like surprised me as the movie went on is that I just did not care about like anything that happened to anyone (laughs) in this movie. Everything was just presented so matter of factly and so dryly that like even the mystery was like not really that interesting and like not even that scary and not particularly cool. The story was also shoved Mm -hmm. together in a very weird way. Like, there are lots of famous elements of the Jack Ripper story. Now, I'm not super familiar with the history of Jack the Ripper, but I got some basics. Like, he was a serial killer. He wrote letters to the press. He, Mm -hmm. you know, developed, he, like, took organs out and, like, did all this fun stuff that's, like, ooh, spooky, scary, you know, kind of a modern-day comparison would be kind of like the Zodiac, you know? We're, like, doing this public engagement. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of grabbed the the general public's imagination in a way that like you were saying earlier probably with ebert like it brings a lot of people to the table just because there is a an almost natural morbid curiosity when it comes to this particular case yeah where like it was such but no it's like like it it encapsulates so much about that era and like (laughs) the the general fucked upness of it of how like the the facts of the case were handled i mean like people are right to be very interested in yeah so it's kind of wild that you added magic to that (laughs) 
and so made weird. and somehow made it less interesting. And somehow I mean, made it less interesting. They just present everything so well. There's there's also like no audience surrogate, which is definitely a big problem of this movie. You have the ability mm. to just make every every non-entity character, every like background mm-hmm. person who like all of the background people in this movie have fucking lines like i had subtitles turned yeah. on and people are shouting some crazy shit throughout this movie like as like people yep. in the crowd around the murder scenes or just in general and you have a you have a real opportunity if you're already going to utilize all of your background people in this way you have the chance to make them represent the audience especially as it relates to being afraid of jack the ripper creating this like context of what the fuck is going on and we don't feel safe and these things are getting published in the press but the movie doesn't do that it like focuses and hones so much on johnny depp the inspector who is Mm -hmm. investigating this and like leaves out all of the greater context characters talk about the greater context several times in the movie about how they need to be concerned about the public but we never actually see any reason that that is true i mean it's obviously true but like shouldn't that also just be supported shouldn't i inherently know that without being told by the atmosphere of the movie by showing me a goddamn newspaper with the letters in it like there is no there's the briefest of mentions about like the the mailing of organs and letters to the press and shit and like all the spookiest coolest stuff around the murders is kind of just like this little like throwaway detail that like they don't really care about. Johnny Depp is also like solving these mysteries like he's a modern day detective. Like his deductions fit with like yes. modern day yeah, yeah. like FBI serial killer shit. Like forensic type. Which like yeah. I'm okay. You can do that. You can get a little Sherlock Holmesy about it and make it work. But you gotta really go into explaining that he's a good investigator. Instead, he just mm-hmm. does that and is also psychic. And they're like, so he's a mm-hmm. genius and he's psychic. So he like gets it. And it's like, well, what? like but why but why and like yeah why is anyone letting him do this like Mm -hmm. everyone's just like you're usually right as like the reason they're letting him do this but anyway yeah no in in the movie even kind of kind of like it knows that it's dealing with like bullshit because hagrid at one point says you know they used to burn men like you at the stake alive yeah. Like, so witchcraft. So you're just actively admitting that like there's witchcraft involved. Are we gonna go back to that? No, sir. But we are going to spend so much time watching Johnny Depp prepare various forms of narcotics, like oh from the Victorian God. era, like for for a movie that has a ton of ground to cover. It it is just utterly strange how much of that time is devoted just to showing you like well this is how you uh uh put cocaine in absinthe it's like, that's great buddy it is that's fucking that's awesome Thanks. that scene is like four minutes long it is insane four minutes it's like yeah. so it's only a two-hour movie too it's i guess it's one of those things where it's like i know the reputation of the book from hell is as like mm-hmm a dense masterpiece and part of what makes it a masterpiece is its density and what is annoying is like this movie even if it weren't based on alan moore's graphic novel should be Mm -hmm. a dense fucking movie we are talking about a never solved real life 
mystery that's a hundred years old, over a hundred years old at the time this movie is made. And like, Mm -hmm. yet everything just kind of seems to be happening perfunctorily. Like everyone's just Mm -hmm. doing it. Like the murder happens as it, as of course it does, as, as it should. And then Johnny Depp shows up and has his like vision or whatever about like Jack the Ripper's knives. Like it's not, none of it's exciting. Jack the Ripper isn't characterized in any real way. He's just like this mystery killer who therefore I'm not really scared of as a villain because I don't really get the sense of his like threat except for like when the random or why he's or why he's doing it or why he's doing any of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's flat. That's it's a flat movie that was told flatly and did not treat itself like it should have. And I think, hold on, actually one last thing to wrap this up and we'll get more into the Roger Ebert review later, but that's actually just a good segue for one of, one of the things Roger Ebert likes about this movie Okay. (laughs) Um, Here, let me get to the end of this. So, so for the listener, so that you don't have to watch this, a quick plot summary is that uh, there is a prostitute who has um, basically she has a rich husband now, so everything is going to be fine and. She has a baby with this mysterious Albert uh, person, and her name is Anne. It's oh, confusing because there are that. multiple people because named it... Anne. Because it, it brushes right over it, despite the fact that that's really the plot, is the fact that there is a conspiracy to cover up the fact that there was an out-of-wedlock child between Anne and Albert, who ends up being... Prince Albert, the grandson of Queen Victoria, right? Which is like, so, that's a story. We can roll that, with it's, that. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting story. It's a dark story. It's a, a story that has like lots of different possibilities that you, and it, it is, like you were saying, it's, it's like incidental, you know? It's in the background. It's, it's, it's there, but it's not really because Johnny Depp falls in love with a different prostitute named Mary Kelly, who, by the way, is supposed to be Irish. So I, I was very frustrated by the not only did they cast an American uh, in what is her name? Uh, Heather Graham uh, plays Mary Kelly, Used to uh, be but also Johnny yeah, Johnny Depp does a really piss poor accent in this. Uh, and this is not too many years out from Pirates where he does certainly a serviceable one. Yeah. But this is just, this is terrible. I mean, like, it's he's, he's kind of going, like, everybody's just doing Cockney, <laughs> which doesn't really make sense if you, like, hold the feet. <laughs> and you may be thinking, oh, wait, maybe they just removed the fact that Kelly, that Mary Kelly is Irish. And it's like, no, they mention it. They mention and it. Just, she just yeah. doesn't have an Irish accent at all. Nope. Um, but anyway, so the, like, it becomes clear that the Ripper is actually being sent by the Freemasons, who I guess are serving the, the Queen's interests in covering up this thing. Um, 
but he just starts picking off these prostitutes because they're friends of Anne. Yeah, so basically the reason they start picking them off is this is revenge for one, for a prostitute at all, I guess, having sex with the prince, not having his kid, but giving him syphilis, which is killing him. Ah. Which is now uh, like this uh, state secret where they're like, well, we can't let anyone know that when he dies, we can't let him know before he dies or when he dies that he had syphilis because that makes us look like incompetent rulers or human or whatever they're afraid of i forgot about that yeah so that's like apparently the motivation for so it's revenge yeah it's revenge on behalf of the royal family it is so (laughs) god that's so stupid yeah it's not Um, like they make it explicit that the royal family did not ask for this like everything about it is like strange and why would you do this this way yeah but Throughout the movie, um, um, Johnny Depp. So this this movie also one of, one of the most frustrating things about this is that, and one of the reasons why you could never in a million years adapt the book from hell into a movie is because Chris, it couldn't make a three hour movie, it couldn't even make a four hour movie. You would probably need like a ten episode miniseries. To cover the events of From Hell. Like it's that expansive. The cast of, of people is that big. Like it, it's, it's, it is an absolutely, remar- like you were saying earlier, it's a remarkably dense work of historical fiction. But here's the thing. This movie cuts so many of those characters, which you would certainly expect to see. But what I was not expecting is for them to fucking add characters that are not in the book to just serve no real function. I, I mean, like, shit. it happens several times Would where you... it's just like, why is that guy here? I'd love to know who they are because you, it's, it is not uncommon for historical fiction, especially in movies, to add characters basically to reduce mm-hmm. the number of people you have to deal with and introduce to an audience that's what it means when Absolutely. you're watching a, a thing based on anything real and you get a little note at the beginning that says like this is based on real people some of the event most of the events are real but some of them are like fictionalized most of the characters are real some of them are composite yeah and what yeah. that means is you have multiple people in a historical event who all did a tiny little thing that is significant mm-hmm. to whatever topic you're discussing, but it's really yeah. annoying to have four characters each do a tiny thing that ends up summing 100%. to one worthy thing. Instead, 100%. combine them into one person and have that one person do the things that those four people did. It's easy. So, and we'll, that's fine we'll because there's a it. purpose yeah. to that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Like, you have you have to do that for for the sake of okay i'll give you a, a counter example would be oppenheimer did oh. that recently yeah, you know yeah. like there there it just kind of pared down a few historical roles like especially like you were saying when you're dealing with historical fiction it can be necessary to do that sometimes okay alan moore doesn't do that in the book every single i mean frederick aberline is a real man mary kelly was a real woman like, 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 William Gull 
was a real man. So like all of these, Damn. yeah, it, 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 and the only reason that the movie invents new people is to be the most obvious red herrings of all time. <laughs> For instance, Johnny Depp meets just like Dr. McSketchy fuck. Okay, Dr. Uh, McSketchy fuck. I was wondering if he was going to be one of your people. <laughs> okay, but it's not too far. His name's Dr. Farrell. It's true. His name's and, Dr. And Farrell, like, and they like push you evil, hard evil, evil. in the beginning of the movie yeah. to be like, this yeah. guy's the evil guy. It's like, so, well, either he is in this movie's terrible, <laughs> or he right. isn't, and this movie's terrible because you're making it so obvious that he's a red herring, like you said. <laughs> Chris, that's the most frustrating thing, is that the movie probably, for a two-hour movie, it probably gets to, what, the 120 mark when it reveals uh, that, like, throughout... Um, Johnny Depp's character seeks guidance and counsel from this guy named Dr. Gull. And it turns out Dr. Gull is the Ripper. Big shot. Okay? Chris, they decided to make it a whodunit when you know by chapter two in the book. Like, Gull is basically the main character of the book. So, like, the fact that they decided to withhold that information... And to instead make the movie about the audience trying to figure out who it is with Averline is just like, oh, no, no, you have fundamentally misunderstood like, well, what this is. That it's... annoys me so much more because they didn't even do a good job of doing that. Knowing that it no. wasn't supposed to be that makes me more annoyed because exactly because exactly. It's maybe if they tried to make it more like the book it wouldn't have been so bad because like the whole time yeah. i'm following johnny depp solve this mystery and i'm like this is the most uninteresting mystery solving like sequences i've ever seen mm. half of them are like opium like drug visions or whatever yeah. of, of his psychic yeah. powers that are mostly just flashes of knives and it's just like just like what is like I I don't know. I was so But it does it does so lead annoyed. to some really some really funny lines. Like Hagrid is talking to him and he's like, Did you see? Did you have a vision? And I just was like Was her petticoat bloody? He's like, Holy hell, he can see the future. It's like, wait, what? Was the murder victim's clothes bloody? Yeah, probably, Johnny. Yeah. Probably, motherfucker. That's I think that's not that's neither impressive nor a reason that they should just openly let you use opium in order to. So, like, basically, the movie spends so much time convincing you that, like, the killer is the Nichols gang, who is like. They have a kind of protection racket over rather, the prostitutes. They spend a lot of time talking about how it could be the Nichols gang. At no point does when the obvious, movie yeah. believe that yeah. at all. And therefore, neither no. do you as the viewer. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because it sh kind of shows us the Ripper, but he's like all in shadows and he's got like his top hat and, and like his voice is weird. So like we know that it's not the characters that the thing is leading me to believe it is 
So why are you spending so much time to make me believe it's Dr. Farrell, the Nichols boys, or there's also just some random like government goon, like an oh. MI5 guy that like, yeah. I mean, not, nah, I, I understand Special MI5 didn't exist, but like, whatever. yeah, 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 yeah. Like that is just like, all of that is made up. Those are not, those people are not in the books because they're in the book because there aren't. I'm sure that there are one or two exceptions, but what is so breathtaking about the book is that for as often as he can, Alan Moore goes with the historical facts and will lay it out for you like, all right, this is what I'm drawing from. This is where I've tweaked it. These things might be true, probably not, but let's proceed. So like it, it, it just has a very well-researched quality to it. Yeah. Because when he set out to do it, the reason Alan Moore picked it to begin with was because of movies like this one, where it's just like he he was in general tired of how it had become like a slasher thing. He was tired of how... You know, there was, there was, it, it, it borders on, and, and I think largely is irresponsible to play with these historical facts and, and just like rob these characters of their agency when these were real fucking people, you know? So like Alan Moore is consciously aware of that and actively making sure that characters have pretty solid motivations that seem to kind of line up with what they might have actually thought or been in real life and where he's taking license he tells you so it's not it, it, it's not uh, it's just frustrating but like one of the one of the pared down characters is actually johnny depp there's a frederick aberline and then there's another character whose name i can't remember who is a quote-unquote psychic detective but in the book. In, in that in the book, because that guy was real as well. They actually consulted at one point a quote unquote psychic. Oh my god. And and but of course he's treated as he should be as a fraud. Like one of the first things that happens is he just like admits to it in the future. And Frederick Aberline is like, we can never tell anybody about this. We came out all right. Um that's and then it like goes past it. I know it, it. So the fact that it actually gives him special powers, like that's the thing. The only kind of metaphysical or otherworldly stuff that happens is within Gull's own mind. So like it's, you can make an argument that none of it was real but that we're just seeing it from Gull's perspective and therefore, you know, it seems magical. But, like, there's none of this hoo-ha with, like, doing opium to see your... And I know what they're doing. They're trying to do a little Sherlock Holmes and a... Oh, yeah. Which even that, I would argue, is wrong. And that a lot of... I mean, like, for instance, the Johnny... Uh, not Johnny. Uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr., ones got that wrong where it's like no 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 he doesn't use drugs to like figure shit out he does it to clear his head yeah he doesn't see fucking visions <laughs> and then like 
and it's yeah it's ah it's it's just so Uh, it's frustrating it's so lame and it doesn't it's like my i guess my issue with it as a movie without even knowing the source material being it's so angering to hear how much better the source material is because the movie also just it doesn't the book it sounds like does not pick a lane or a genre to stay in right and the movie doesn't either and the problem Mm. that that i have with the movies not doing that is that they aren't doing anything interesting in lieu of having a genre lane to walk down right well it sounds like the book is and that is the heart of i'm coming back to it ebert's interview here i i'm fascinated and disappointed to hear this it is like so it seems like to me and this is the line that really like to me brings that all together is (laughs) is that like he ebert seems to be like excited by the just the mere time period and story throughout his his review but then at the end Mm -hmm. it seems like one of his key points is that it all is what i is what we're saying it isn't in a genre at all but the problem that like i just said the problem i have with that is that it isn't good it doesn't do anything new but roger ebert seems to think or seemed to think at this time that the lack of genre was in itself a like praiseworthy thing all on its own it's like no, yeah. if you're not going to use genre, then you need to be fucking good on your own. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. anyway. So here's what he says at the this is the last paragraph of his review. Watching the film, I was surprised how consistently it surprised me, which is for me a surprising thing to read. It's a movie <laughs> catering to no clear demographic variety reports in its review. True as if catering to a demographic would be a good thing for a movie to do. Despite its gothic look, From Hell is not in the Hammer horror genre. Despite its Sherlockian hero, it's not a Holmes and Watson story. Despite its murders, it's not a slasher film. What it is, I think, is a, I don't know how to say this, Gignol, 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 about a cross-section of a thoroughly rotten society corrupted from the top down. The Ripper murders cut through layers of social class designed to insulate sinners from the results of their sin. No, it fucking isn't. That story may exist in the general tapestry of history, and that story could have been told in this movie, but that was not, was, that was not like a primary theme other than it just being atmospherically present. That was not like a point that movie was trying to make. Like... Eber just like gives this movie so much credence that is just not due <laughs> at all. I and hate particularly it. since everything that review is on point for the book. Like that is that is it actually does take the full burden of Victorian England upon its shoulders and it's like let's fucking examine it and break it down and let's sit in it until you feel the horror in your gut 
And that's not what this movie was. Like, it's it, it just, like, in no way, shape, or form. Yeah, this it, movie it was... was boring. It Like, I didn't feel horrified at any point. And, yeah, I mean, god damn it. Now I just need to read this book. Because if that if that paragraph is true to the book, then, like, that's well, worth it. That's, so, I and that's, that's the thing, is that because they botched um, Gull... Who's played by Ian Holm? I mean, like, I, I, a great actor. Like, but that's Bilbo Baggins because for all of you who might not know that name. Oh, he. I mean, come on now. He's, he's, he's. I assume most of our audience has seen Alien. I hope. I hope. I mean, even. But if all you know Ian Holm from is no, Alien you're right, you're and right, Lord of the Rings, right. you know, you're, you're not right, gonna, you're, you're right. not gonna know that name necessarily. But they, they basically just, uh, uh, because it, it is true that the historical goal did have like a, some sort, I think it was a stroke they determined, but oh. it is true that something like happened to his brain and he was never like quite the same. But the movie just says he's crazy and then just moves on. They do at the, the beginning book, have like a mention of like, he says he had like a brain seizure or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, but, but it doesn't. That doesn't ever translate into him explaining why this makes sense in his head. Ah, right. And that's where a lot of the horror comes from in the book, is that he starts explaining things that you know are are fucking psycho, but it starts making a certain amount of sense. And that's where the horror starts to set in for the reader because you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. Like he's not wrong about some of this. Like a lot of society was constructed in this way in order to do these things and repress these people. And oh my God, <laughs> like it, uh, it's just, I cannot suggest, I will, I, will, I will also tell you that one of the reasons why it is in, in, an incredibly tough read is because the murders are presented as close to how they happened. Like, the actual facts of, like, the first incision was made left to right. You know, the guts were removed and placed here. All of that is taken directly from forensic records and, like, research that has been done. So, like, having to sit with the fact that, no, this was this was done to somebody. Yeah is is a lot of the more instills a respect for it that so much uh, not not a respect for the killings itself a respect for the dead that yeah. that that just so much of that is lost when you reduce it to this slasher bullshit and there's a lot of slasher bullshit in this movie like quick cuts of like a knife going down yeah, and not, up and which was a gratuitous shame. blood. The very first killing is like super cool and artful and probably pulled directly from a frame in the graphic novel. It's just like yeah. this black alleyway that like one a person you don't know walks down and then like knife flashes in the darkness that pro get progressively redder. And that's the whole murder. And that was the best part of the whole movie. It was just that, like, five-second moment. It was beautiful. It was scary. It was spectacular. Yep. And then every other killing in the movie, you're right. I didn't even think about that, like, uh, that juxtaposition. That's not the word I want to use. But 
they like totally fall off the wagon with that and the rest of the killings are just like lame ass friday the 13th slasher style like knife coming down and that's it (laughs) which which is offensive when you think about again the fact that like but these are based on historical events these are real like the fact that you're putzing with it and hollywooding it up this much is just kind of icky and turning it into like a cop drama i mean we've kind of already Mm, intimated this in many ways without straight up saying it but it's like yeah johnny the way they're operating the movie kind of hints at it and i assume the hints are are part are mostly from the book but there's like Mm -hmm. this idea early on in the movie that this is new and all the police figures the coroner the policemen the detectives are like freaked the fuck out by this yeah because it's new nothing like has ever happened before and yet as the movie progresses it starts to treat every killing more and more like csi would treat a murder in one of their episodes and and it's like whoa whoa, as like a procedural yeah like that one of the beauties of of treating it like it's new and having all your characters horrified is that that brings back the respect for the audience is like this especially that's like especially good to do for a viewing audience nowadays because we are so Mm -hmm. used to cop shows and seeing bodies with blankets on them on the ground as like just a regular thing on tv in our in our murder mystery fiction already so why why would you do that and why would you present it as a new thing and then immediately undercut undercut yourself for the rest of the movie which under undercuts the horror god it's just yeah, yeah this movie is is bad y'all I'm because it, it, i mean it comes more than the hughes brothers <laughs> I, I kind of am too, just because it it I can definitely see how a Hollywood type could fuck it up super easy. And I also want to make abundantly clear, it it, it is pretty obvious to me that the Hughes brothers or no, I'll say the, the Hughes brothers have to have read the book. Because there there are so many small things that it's like, okay, but why tease me with that? If we're not going to get it like Elephant Man is just there. And it's like, no, 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 no. Elephant Man gets introduced, like, as a parallel to Ganesh, the god of, like, death that Gull is almost praying to as he embarks upon this grand, uh, like, iconic journey of murder. That, I mean, like, there's just so much involved that that well, is just what? jettisoned. Oh, that Dude, is, it's so, so... So, viewers, that, what Harrison's referencing, again, sounds so cool in the book in the movie they just like have this scene with a bunch of doctors because jack the ripper is a doctor in this story which if we didn't make that clear yet sorry um (laughs) but they have this scene with a bunch of like late 1800s doctors all like standing around a specimen who they like reveal to be like deformed in a crazy way i.e the elephant man and that's it they're just like doesn't isn't this guy crazy looking and everyone's like yep that's yep (laughs) And I was like, wondering like, what the no... fuck the point of that scene was, too. I was like, yeah. what is this for? You just, like, show this deformed guy, and there's, like, mm, doesn't matter for the plot at all. Doesn't seem right. to fit with the theme at all. <laughs> like, like oh, not at all. Where, whereas, like, it has a very distinct purpose for being in the... So, like, it's full of little things like that that are frustrating because y- y- you almost feel like you're being teased. 
because it's giving you some of it, but it's not giving you any of the larger context that would make that thing remotely interesting. It sounds like so. I think that's why they feel so disjointed. Part of the is that it's skipping. It's skipping the connective tissue that's going to make sense of any of these separate events. Yeah, it almost feels. It seems like they were just like, I want to include. Well, it's like such a dense book, I guess, and they were like, they were probably Mm -hmm. like. I want to include like as much as I can. And in the effort to include as much as they can, they ended up, um, they ended up over, overdoing it. They well, not overdoing it. They ended up just including shit so. that they then weren't going to talk about. They're just yeah. like, Hey, like I'm going to include this thing. Cause I like it. And it's a big part of this book. And then I'm just going to stick it in there. Assume exactly. hope you've read the graphic novel and understand its significance and then move right along. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just it's such a like this is the book. This thing is this thing is huge. That it's thing is thick. So thick. It, I know. And and like it also and then it includes an appendix where Alan Moore goes page by page and explain and cites his sources. And is like, this is why I know that this is how these items were found. Uh, this is where I did some conjecturing, but this is actually based on like truth. I mean, just to again, That's well, it's because again, he has a respect for the dead and a respect for what that event meant then and now, you know, comprehensive because what he's largely present yes he's making up some of the facts but he's still presenting a lot of the blunders that really happened like the newspapers going fucking nuts with the story blaming any old person causing riots against jewish people uh, among other groups uh the 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 bungling the total bungling by like scotland yard and all of that so like it, it it's an indictment of an entire era and an entire way of looking at things. And that's just been reduced right back to the sort of frivolous nonsense that Alan Moore wrote the thing to contrast in the first place. Uh, especially given the time <laughs> it's in. It's He's like, so I guess annoyed. it hurts more now as opposed to in 2001 when this movie came out. It hurts more yeah. in 2023 when we are like five years in to what everyone has just been openly calling the second Gilded Age and like no one's yeah. doing anything about it. It's like it hurts more to watch a movie based in the first Gilded Age <laughs> where like all of like society's problems that we have today are like starkly on screen and yet the movie is just presenting them as mere fact. Like that's it's the other thing. It's like it didn't. It was like, this is, if it, it, it's not commenting on any of this stuff. It's just like, yeah, life shit exactly. for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what are you, what are you gonna do? God. Well, I'm oh, kind of out of things to talk about with this one. I think we've done a good job though. This is, yeah. God, I really do want to just... read this book. I actually have, I've had a tab open on this computer for months that is just like, a Google search for From Hell by Alan Moore, so I remember to order the fucking book for myself. I need to just it do is, it. It costs like it $30. Is I should mammoth. Just <laughs> it's really not, yeah, it's not terribly expensive. Um, 
it's good. I mean, it's it's one of those books that you just got to know going into it. You're going to spend months with it. Well, uh, you're going to you're going to have to set it every book. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> but like you're going to have to set it aside sometimes, you know, cuz you're just like god damn, I need to uh, I need to think for a minute. Oh, honestly, that's good to know. I I'll I'll try to buy it so I don't forget soon, but or or get it from the library so it's sitting around. But yeah, I might not I might not read it for a bit. I just finished a book that took me like eight months to read because it was oh, pretty yeah? heavy. What'd you read? Uh it was the same well, eight months. I think you probably saw it. It's Ministry for the Future. I was probably walking around with it last time you saw me. Oh it's a yeah, great book, you sure were. But it is it is also a very heavy a heavy book. Um Yeah given present realities well yeah read from hell don't watch the movie read 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 book don't don't johnny don't 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 let johnny death anywhere near that (laughs) read book don't johnny the show's official motto (laughs) all right all right you rascal we're gonna we're next week we're going back to we're going back to keanu we're going back to keanu we're going back in time in a sense, but really forward in time. We're doing the 2008 remake of uh, the the day the Earth stood still, which I believe was made in oh, what, boy. like 1954? I want to say. I don't know. I pulled that number out of. Oh, my geez. Um, yeah, that 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 51. 51. Like. Ah, close enough. Close enough. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, we'll see you. Bye bye.